Welcome to the Shields Outdoors podcast, your source for information on hunting, fishing, and all of your outdoor passions. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shields Outdoors podcast. I am your host, Mike Anderson. You may know me from Facebook and Instagram as the guy that signs off with Dash Mike in all of the comments. And if you don't know me from that, then you should definitely check out our Facebook and Instagram pages, Shields Outdoors. Today, I have with me Jaden Thomas, Shields fishing expert from the Fargo location. How are you doing today, Jaden? Doing great. All right. Awesome to hear. So me being on social media a lot, I see a lot of your posts and it sounds like you've been catching a lot of fish lately. So, um, you know, tell me a little bit about the tactics you've been using uh, to, to get on the fish. Yeah, the fishing's been good. It's been a good start to the year. Uh, started well right after we got an opener over in Minnesota. Uh, the jig and shiner bite was good for a couple weeks. Then we slowly transitioned and the leech and bobber was going really hard. Jigs and plastics. Now we're kind of getting little summer patterns. Fish are transitioning out. I was just out this last Wednesday and I found fish in 10 feet of water, found them in 20 feet of water, found them in 30 feet of water. I mean, they're everywhere right now. It's kind of one of those times of the year where everything's going and it's really a matter of how do you want to chase fish? How do you want to catch them? Okay, that's a lot of fun. Yeah, being able to use different styles and tactics. So you'd say the fish have, uh, you know, definitely scattered out from the shallows and are, and are hanging out all over the lake now, right? Yep, you still got a few fish that'll be shallow all year long. Don't get me wrong, but majority of your fish now are probably in those intermediate depths set around that 15 to 25 foot range. Uh, and they're definitely spreading out a lot more now. You're not finding them as consistently grouped up as you would like, but you're just seeing them scattered out over large areas. Okay. So, and in, in what type of fish are you normally targeting? Are you a big walleye guy then? Yep, walleye's my main. I've, I love walleyes. I've fished walleyes hard since I was like nine years old. Um, and I do love other species too, though. I love chasing panfish, crappies and bluegills, uh, perch, especially in the winter. Um, I do musky fish a lot, not as much as I used to when I was younger. I've done a lot more walleye tournaments as I've gotten older. My walleye tournament season usually runs from like May September, to September. So usually most bulk of my musky fishing is done in the fall. Okay. Cool. So what, what excites you the most about chasing after walleye? Why are those your favorite species to target? So how I grew up fishing, uh, I grew up fishing over near Lake Park of Minnesota, uh, Detroit Lakes area, Otisail counties, fished a lot of those lakes. But when I was younger, I didn't have a boat. So I was always fishing from shore, fish from docks. And a lot of what I caught was always bass, uh, panfish, pike. And I loved them, but I didn't really know about walleye. Walleye were kind of a secret to me until uh, I started hanging out with some of the older uh, fishermen in my campground, where my uh, grandparents had a camper at. And I'd always see them come in. I'd see them leave early in the mornings, you know, five, six, seven a.m., trailer their boats, leave the campground and go to Lord knows what lake. But then I, they'd always come back about two or 3 p.m. I'd just see them with live wells full of walleyes. And I didn't know what a walleye was. I didn't know where you caught them. I just knew uh, they're hard to catch and you couldn't get, you could rarely get them from shore. They were deep water, offshore fish. Um, wasn't until I was about nine years old, there was a gentleman in my campground who started taking me out, kind of took me under his wing and uh, showed me the ropes of walleye fishing, gave me uh, the book written by uh, In Fisherman the Linder's uh, Walleye Wisdom. I read it cover to cover in fifth grade. It really kind of opened my eyes to the world of walleye fishing, you know, how difficult they are to catch. They're kind of this crown jewel of fish in uh, the Midwest here. You know, they're good to eat, they grow big, they're difficult to find, they can be finicky. There's a challenge in that. I like that because, uh, you know, no shade, anybody. I just kind of got 
overfish for panfish or bass, I could see them and they were just, to me, they're pretty easy to catch. You know, I could see what they were doing in the shallows, how they cruise, how they'd react to my baits um, and different presentations I'd throw to them. But walleyes being such a deep, more deep water offshore fish, I couldn't, when I go fishing for them out in the boats, I couldn't see what they were doing. You know, I really had to kind of put, put the puzzle together just to get bit and then try to land them and find them consistently. It was, it was a challenge. So to me, that's what always intrigued me about walleyes. Um, just when you think you got it figured out, they throw you a curveball. They can be finicky one day. They can be chomping on everything the next day. Uh, they could hang out in the same area for a week. Then you go back out there and they move it across the lake to a different spot. So that's what, that's what drives me about walleye fishing. There's always something new to learn. There's always a challenge. You never know what to expect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to admit, walleye is my favorite species to target too for exactly the reasons you said. I mean, you can be catching them one day using a tactic and then you try the same thing and then the next day you just you can't get a bite so they're out there definitely an intimidating fish but very rewarding once mm-hmm. you can uh once you can really get on them so uh, i'd like to cover a little bit of tactics for you um one thing i'd like to cover is night fishing mm-hmm. so i've been seeing you've been doing quite a bit of night fishing and that intrigues me a lot i haven't i haven't done it a whole bunch and i assume that there's probably some some different tactics, maybe some different baits, different strategies you uh, you do to target these fish at night. So um, can you dive a little bit into your strategy on uh, on night fishing tactics? Yeah, of course. Uh, I love night fishing. The main, Probably the main reason I do it, too, is uh, fishing in the area I fish around most, said Detroit Lakes, Outertail County. Uh, it's a very busy area. So now we're getting into our peak summer, you know, June, July, August. Uh, the lakes get really busy, even on weekdays when I'll go out there during the day. A lot of pleasure boaters, a lot of other fishermen. Once you get to at night, that pretty much cuts. You can cut the pleasure boat traffic off completely. You know, you can't tube, you can't wakeboard, you can't jet ski at night per law. So that's already a lot less traffic on the lake that you have to deal with. Uh, don't have to, you don't have to avoid those people. So you got more spots yourself. There's other fishermen, which I never really mind. I like fishing with other people. You know, I like seeing mm-hmm. people out. But it's just nicer to have a lot less pressure. You can get kind of have more airs to yourself you can pull controls a bit easier you can do a lot more with less people out there and then once we get into this time here too when the water gets hot um, said a lot of those fish will stay shallow all year long but they'll change their uh how they feed they'll switch from being early morning you know maybe even day feeders on dirty water to feeding completely at night especially too i'm big on watching moon phases uh the week of the full moon and the week of the new moon uh when the night is brightest during the full moon and when the night is darkest during the new moon those are two weeks every month that i try to get on the water at night as much as i can okay so why is the moon phase so important is it just because uh a little bit of light changes so they can they can like see your bait better or how does that work the two main reasons i pay attention to moon factors uh the moon controls a lot in the water we control uh tides you know uh wind or uh, winds and that's big on walleye fishing too how fish will set up also bait fish too there's a few lakes over here in minnesota and other lakes in north dakota i'll fish at night where uh, they might have different types of bait fish like shiners uh, herring smelt those bait fish those pelagic open water bait fish are really key on moon phases when that moon is out and bright a lot of those fish will come from the deep water where they spend most of the time up in the shallows or up on some shallower edges or might even suspend and that's when some of the biggest walleyes in the system will come out and chase those fish. Uh, like I said, smelts, shiners, herring, those are all very fatty, pelagic bait fish. That's what gets big walleyes big quick. And big walleyes, I mean, they don't get big by being dumb. They don't, they feed on what's gonna grow them fast and they only feed at specific times. So you take those factors, you got a lake that has 
that's going right during the full moon along with some kind of pelagic open water fatty bait fish. I mean, you just got a recipe for putting your baits in front of the fish you're looking for. You know, those eight, nine, 10 pound walleyes that everyone dreams about. Absolutely. So let's talk about some depths that you're targeting. Um, I'm assuming you're looking into shallow, sandy flats, things like that, close to, you know, some breaks where they're hanging out during the day. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's a key, few key points I look for. Uh, one, I love, like you said, the sand flats. Anywhere where I have a sand flat, depth depends on the lake, but usually I'm looking around 6 to 12 feet. If that's adjacent right next to like a sharp break that maybe tapers off 20, 30 feet deep, you're golden. Uh, you're going to have fish that slide up from that break at night to feed. You're going to have some fish that hang on that flat all day long, all year long, that just rise up a couple feet off the bottom and now are active and are chasing food. Um, for those kind of areas, I really like pulling uh, crankbaits, especially uh, bass-style jerkbaits. That's kind of a little secret and not a lot of people have caught on to yet. What I like about those bass style jerk baits, one, they have a little bit different action, you know, said I fish in a very pressured area. I mean, I've, I probably can't even imagine how many shad wraps these walleyes have seen, you know, a number five rapala shad wrap. Don't get me wrong, great bait, catches fish. But I said, when you're targeting those bigger fish, I mean, these big fish don't get big by being dumb. I mean, they mm-hmm. do get conditioned the baits. So that's where I like to change it up, throw them something maybe that they haven't seen before, haven't seen in a long time, dusting off some classics, or maybe uh, working the baits in different ways that other people aren't doing. That I love throwing bass style jerk baits like uh, I'm big on Rapala Shadow Wrap, uh, the Berkeley Cutter is another good one. These uh, these suspending baits they don't go very deep, which is fine because at night, said a lot of these fish will suspend even in 12 feet of water. These fish might only be hanging down four or six feet below the surface, chasing these bait. Uh, so what I love about these baits you can cast them out. I usually just give them one good long pitch back behind the boat. Usually troll around anywhere from mile and a half, two miles an hour. I'll just rip these baits forward. So you're making these baits uh, dart forward really quick but because they're jerk baits. As soon as you stop, they'll dart off one direction, just hang and pause there. And usually that's when most of your bites are going to come. Your line will just start to tighten up again and that bait will just get moving and whack. They'll just rip the rod out of your hand. Okay. So a lot of times they'll hit when you're on your slack line then? Yep. Yep. On the pause. The pause is key. Okay. So do you, uh, do you change up your drag or anything like that oh, yeah. to increase your, your bite? effectiveness yep. yep we're always changing it up always trying to see because like we talked about earlier fish uh every it can change every day just how you know during the day guy might be fishing crawlers one day and then they want shiners leech the next day uh same with night crank and they want a different cadence depending on the day some days they just want a straight flat line troll where that bait just wobbling that side to side nice and smooth other nights they want it ripped really hard forward and then they'll crush on the slack line other nights you got to change it up maybe just give it slight pulls forward, little twitches I'm always changing it up. I'll go maybe one or two passes doing the same thing, you know, maybe run 100 yards, just pulling it straight or maybe pumping it. If I don't get bit next time through, I'll change it up. I'll change up the cadence. And that's uh, one tip I'd give a lot of guys is don't change baits as often as you change how you're fishing that bait. Very rarely is it color dependent. Now, don't get me wrong, color does matter, but that's the last thing I look for. First thing I look for is I want to have the right profile. You know, I want to try to match the hatch or, you know, adjust my lure according to the size of fish I'm targeting and maybe what's in the lake. I mean, everyone wants to catch an eight, nine, 10 pound walleye, don't get me wrong, but there are some lakes that just, you know, a five pound walleye might be the biggest fish in that system. So you gotta match your baits accordingly. Um, after I get my lure profile dialed down, then that's where I look at speed, I look at cadence, because those are, those are your most important factors. Then the last thing I look for is color. Color is when I really start to dial it in and get it refined. Mm-hmm. Great information. So let's talk a little bit about staying in the zone, you know, mm-hmm. staying in the in the proper depths you're wanting to target. 
um, electronics are vitally important. So um, do you have any tips on how to how to stay in that target range that you're looking for? So my electronics are key and they were key for most people these days, especially at night. You can't really see anything, especially when you're fishing that new moon phase. It's very dark on the water. So one, your, G, your electronics are key for safety. GPS, being able to know where the shoreline is, where maybe shallow structure is that you're trying to avoid, very important. Next, what I look for, I like using my GPS to be able to highlight key depth areas and so I can stay in that zone. I say I run Lowrance, so I run uh, like the CMAP Lake Insight chips. I'm able to uh, highlight different depth zones. So maybe there's a shallow water where my boat, I don't want to put my boat at all, three feet and less, I'll highlight, I'll highlight that in red. That way I can avoid those danger areas. Then let's say the zone where I'm catching most of my fish is nine to 11 feet. That I can highlight in any color I want, say green, for example. Now I know the whole lake, I can quickly zoom out, scan the whole map and look for these big areas in green, nine to 11 feet that I can target. Because when trolling at night or trolling period, you want decently sized pieces of structure to troll along. I mean, it's kind of gets annoying trolling a 20 yard section, reeling up, throwing back out, trolling it, reeling back up. You want long runs. That way you can have your bait in the water as long as possible and put it in front of the most fish as possible. Other reason I like big pieces of structure, they're gonna hold the most fish too. Mm -hmm. So you touched a little bit about different colors on your on your electronics. Uh, what's the term for that again? Is like depth contrast? Yep, depth, depth shading. Depth custom shading. depth shading. Yep, yep, that's the one. Yep. And okay. pretty much every electronic brand has it out there these days. I mean, Hummerbird's got it with Lake Master Chips. Uh, Garmin's got it. Lowrance has got it. I just happen to be a Lowrance guy myself. Okay, gotcha. And now out of the out of the box, these these electronics don't have the, the color contrasting. So can you walk through a little bit about how you set those up, what mm -hmm. you like to do? Yeah, so like I said, I run Lowrance, so everything I'll talk about is for Lowrance. I run Lowrance HDS Lives, and uh, I run the CMAP Insight chips. So I just plug my chip in, and it's in your uh, uh, map settings. If you go into your uh, settings, you can go into uh, display options, and there's a, cust there's a sh uh, depth shading option, and then you can go custom, and that's where I just select my different depths with the right colors that I want. Be able to totally have a custom depth shaded map for pretty much anywhere I go. Okay, perfect, great information. And if you need more information on this, feel free to stop by your local Shield store. Expert like Jaden will walk you through the whole process for exactly what type of electronic you're using. I mean, obviously he's using Lowrance, but this is applicable for Hummingbird, Garmin, whatever. So just feel free to stop into your local Shields and, and we'll help you out. Come on in. All right, Jaden, so another question I have for you regards the loudness of the motor and, you know, being in shallow when you're when you're doing this night fishing, do you ever worry about fish being spooked by the boat? And, uh, and if so, how do you combat that? That's a good question. Uh, it's kind of a loaded question with my answer here. It really depends on my conditions. It's kind of like during the day. If I'm fishing the shallow water, uh, the more wind I got, the more stuff getting torn up. Uh, more room for air you got. So when if I got a decent, decent chop, you know, one, two foot chop breaking up the water, I don't worry too much about my boat spooking fish or the loudest of my motor. Mainly because too, I'm usually uh, long lining when I'm up this shallow too, even if I'm in dirtier water, just like having my line way back. That way, the farther you have your line back too, the more room for air you got when you're making like turns and passes. Um, I can avoid structure. If say I come up too shallow a bit, I can quickly pull my boat out a little bit deeper. And I'll also adjust my line. I'll pull my line out deeper before it has a chance to run that shallow, snaggy cover. But as far as loudness goes, I really only worry about it when I get super shallow. I say less than 10 feet. And if I have no wind on a very bright night, um, 
in clear water because the moon, the full moon will act just like the sun. You know, it'll cast a shadow for your boat if you have a very flat, calm night during a full moon, and that will spook some fish. That's where instead of maybe running my main outboard or a kicker motor, I will run the trolling motor. Now, I know, understand a lot of guys may not be running no 80, 112 pound thrust motor that can go all night. Even me on uh, my fiberglass boat, I run a Minn Kota Altera. If I run that at full speed, trying to pull cranks two miles an hour, I may, it might get three, four hours out of it, which is good. It's a good run. But I mean, if the bite's hot, I want to be out there all eight hours of the night. It's only half a night of fishing, you know? Mm-hmm. So there are other ways I'll get around that. Uh, I've seen guys where we've pulled, we've, we want to go slow enough with our big outboard engine, we'll hang drift socks off the front. That way you can troll down less than two miles an hour and keep our baits at the right speed that these fish are willing to chase them at. But as far as noise go, I'm not too concerned about it. Um, if you are, I would just tell guys, yeah, you can use different tricks. You can use a trolling motor, you can long line, just whatever you got to do to get those fish to bite. If you're worried about them spooking, just let out more line. Maybe you can use planer boards too to get your baits farther away from the boat if you sp- feel like you're spooking them, but I'm usually not too worried about it. Okay, good to know. So you touched on uh, the importance of your cadence and being in the right area. And you'd said color is a little bit less important, but it is still important. Mm -hmm. So um, there's a lot of different colors out there. (laughs) I mean, you can walk into a store and there's thousands of different baits and sizes and colors and things like that. Um, Where do you like to start for your colors? Mm -hmm. Uh, When it comes to color, there's two factors to look at. How clean is the water I'm fishing? And I'm, I'm specifically talking at night in this aspect. And then I also wanna know how bright a moon am I gonna have that night? If I'm fishing really clear water on a full, a full moon, bright night, I'm gonna want a metallic. Something's gonna reflect a lot of light. Just like when the sun's out, that moon is gonna throw a lot of flash when you're throwing those baits. So clear water, full moon, I look at like uh, silvers, blues, purples, metallics, really natural colors. Um, now, if I'm fishing clear water and it's a uh, new moon, very dark night, uh, then I'll switch to like dirty water colors, something really gaudy, like a fire tiger, you know, the clowns, pink, chartreuse, something that's gonna stand out really well so those fish can track it down. Um, same goes for then if I'm fishing dirty water, I like really gaudy colors, something that's gonna stand out really well. Uh, have a lot of flash to it, like golds, uh, again, fire tigers, chartreuses, pinks, hot steels, those really gaudy, vibrant colors. Um, another thing I'll look for too is maybe match the hatch. If there's a big perch bloom that, uh, on a certain lake this time of year when I've seen clouds of bait fish, I'll try to match what I'm catching, what um, the fish are feeding on. But that can kind of be a double-edged sword, I've noticed. If you're fishing a lake and the fish you're catching are really fat, they're really well-fed, and you're seeing these clouds of bait fish, a lot of times what I'll actually do is I'll go the opposite route. Let's say I'm fishing a really clear lake with a lot of perch in it, but every fish I've caught so far is just stuffed to the gills full of perch. I mean, if these fish want to eat a perch, they can just open their mouth and swim blindly. They're going to eat perch. So that's where I'll maybe throw on something a little different that stands out from those perch. If I see seeing some of the perch, instead of throwing on, you know, a hot steel fire tiger, I'll throw on, you know, the brightest pink and purple lure I got. Something that's going to stand out really well. Now, vice versa, if I'm catching a lot of fish, but they're really skinny, you know, they're not well fed, I'm not seeing a lot of bait, that's where I want to match that down to a tee. That's where I'll throw on a yellow perch or a hot steel or a fire tiger. Because those fish, they're hungry, they're looking for what they're used to eating because they're not finding it anymore. Okay, great information, great. So night fishing, try it. I mm-hmm. mean, you might not hit the quantity that you would during the day or during your evening bite and things like that, but the quality is definitely there. Uh, nighttime's when the big girls like to come out to play is what I've noticed. Perfect. So one other thing about night fishing is just the timing of it. So, you know, a lot of people, you know, don't get into fishing as much because they just don't have a lot of time. 
they'll be, you know, pulling their kids on a tube or watching them on a lily pad. But, you know, this can this can really be your time to get out and have it to yourself and, and catch some fish. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you might spend the day at the lake, you know, hanging with the family. You know, you have friends over, taking pontoon rides, boat rides, pleasure cruises. You know, you're doing your dad, doing your dad or parent thing, pulling kids around a tube. But, you know, after supper, take a quick little nap. If you're on the water by 9, 10 o'clock, that's perfect. Then that's just your time to hang out, fish, enjoy your time with buddies. Maybe you and the wife can finally get out, spend some quality time together. There's no chores to do. I mean, no one's going to mow the lawn at night, at least no one that I know. <laughs> so, yeah, literally from 10 to – I've had good bites up till sunrise, you know, 5 in the morning. 10 to 5 in the morning, that's – eight hours that's seven hours you can get out and just enjoy good fishing time there you go you add night fishing into the equation and there's no excuse to not get out on the water thank you for listening to the shields outdoors podcast Stay tuned for future segments and visit our social media pages, Shields Outdoors on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates.